Welcome to On the Story. I'm Trishna Begum. If you found yourself to be like one of the millions of Americans these last two weeks scrambling to find a COVID test, I made this episode especially for you. There is a lot of COVID confusion out there when it comes to testing. What test to get, how accurate it is, when you should get tested. So in comes my guest this week, Tom Laporta, the microbiology line manager at St. Peter's Hospital. I had a lot of questions for him, so we'll get right to him. Hi, Tom. How you doing? Good. How are you? Doing all right. Good. So I want to get right into it. I want to introduce you, Tom Laporta, microbiology line expert at St. Peter's Hospital. What is it that you do? I uh, manage the uh, microbiology lab. So we do all the diagnostic testing um, for the last two years. That's been significantly COVID related. Um, we cover all our testing for uh, St. Peter's Health Partners. That's our nursing homes, our long-term care facilities, Sunnyview, and all our facilities, uh, Samaritan. So I oversee all the microbiology related testing, all the COVID testing. So you're the perfect guy to talk to about all of these questions I have concerning COVID testing. Obviously, the rapid tests are being rolled out to local schools, municipalities, you name it, whether you're trying to find one at a store or one that's being distributed for free through you know, local governments. But people recently have been talking about how the rapid tests are not as accurate as the PCR tests. And many people have asked me, well, why bother with the rapid test? What would you say to those folks? Uh, they are correct. They are not as accurate, but they do have, um, they fill a, a need. PCR tests obviously are hard to come by. Um, the more expensive uh, finding places that offer them to the community at large is hard to do. With the rapid ones, you know, they're cheaper, they're, they're more readily available, um, but usually, for detection-wise, one, you know, for the few that I've um, encountered, um, they're not specific to the SARS-CoV-2 virus. You can pick up other SARS viruses. So just because you're positive, um, it is recommended that you follow up your provider and possibly seek out a PCR test to make sure you actually do have um, SARS-CoV-2 for COVID-19. Uh, mm -hmm. The benefit is we can have those people quarantining in case they have COVID. So they're not out in the community spreading it. Um, so, you know, I, I've had personal relationship with this. My sister-in-law called me in a friend because she actually tested positive and, you know, I told her what she should follow up and she did seek out PCR and it did come back negative. So a lot of people in the general public are not aware that it's not specific just to the SARS-2. You can pick up other SARS viruses, other coronaviruses that call you common cold. That's interesting because usually I hear the opposite where people will test negative on their uh, rapid test and then they go get a PCR test and it turns out like uh, that it's positive. So they do end up having Corona because there's a lot of yeah. false negatives, yeah. but the opposite can happen also. Correct. Well, the rapids, you know, the window for detection, um, you know, with molecular, you're looking at DNA sequences. So, and they amplify those sequences. So you can have a lower viral load in the body and they can usually detect it sooner with the rapid, antigen testing, your window is usually smaller. You usually have to, most of the time you have to be symptomatic um, for them to come up positive. Usually if you're, you know, pre-symptoms, you know, if there's not enough virus in the body, you're not going to get enough of the antigen and it's not going to detect it, which is why some manufacturers, some manufacturers recommend what they call serial testing. So they recommend that you test, you know, two or three times over three to four days with a day or two between to make sure you're not missing a possible infection because everybody's um, 
viral load will be different. So if you're infected and you test, it could be negative, but two days later, it could be significant enough that the rapid test will detect it. So if you're symptomatic, then does that mean you're carrying more of a viral load and that's what the test picks up? Correct. Yep. That means there's more active virus in your body. Um, it's shedding more of the proteins and you should have more antigens for the test to detect. So the rapid test, would it be safe? To, it's so hard because I know people, you know, whether it, they'd be testing for school or work, it obviously the rapid test, you get quicker results. And like you said, PCR tests are hard to come by. But generally speaking, you probably want to have some sort of symptoms if you're getting a rapid test. Otherwise, if you get a result with a rapid test, go get a PCR. Is that kind of your advice to Correct. people? Yeah. You know, they're, they're, if you're symptomatic, they're, they're fabulous. Of course, it does pick up other SARS. So you still would want to follow up and make sure, you know, see which strain you actually have. Um, if it's negative and you don't have any symptoms, um, you know, I know they recommend that you just keep testing. I know schools are handing them out, yeah. you know, trying to get people to test daily. You know, yeah. you know, if you were exposed and you test negative, if you test the next day, you may be positive. So it does, does have a benefit. And I see that, you know, they're trying to catch it as early as they can to keep the people that have it from, you know, coming in contact with the rest of the community. Um, so in that regard, it is beneficial. Um, it's just, you know, you have to weigh the, you know, the pros and cons to it. They're not as sensitive, but. Um, considering what we have available, they're the most readily available. Can you explain to us, in layman's terms, what is the difference between the rapid test and the PCR test? Like, what are these two different tests looking at, and why why are they so different? Uh, for PCR, they're looking at your genetic material, whether it's DNA or RNA. Um, every cell has them. Every virus has them. Um, so they break open the cells. They lyse your lice the cells to get the DNA exposed, and they look for, most vendors out there look for one or two genes, most have two, some more. Um, they're looking for certain sequences, usually specific, for, for PCR it's specific to the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Okay. Um, and they try to target um, genetic material that's not going to change frequently with these new variations that come out. They try to pick something that will be consistent over time. So they don't go back and redevelop their assays. You know, sequence that material. If it looks for it, there's primers that find that specific sequence, and then it amplifies it multiple times. And then the assay looks for the detection of that. And that detecting that obviously means you have the virus. Okay. Um, for the rapid, they're looking for antigen, and that is looking for each virus has like proteins mm -hmm. um, on the outside of their uh, cells that they shed. You know, through their whole process. And obviously, the more viruses you have in your body, the more proteins you'll have. Uh, your body will build up antibodies, and the antigen test will look for the presence of those proteins. Unfortunately, they're not usually strain-specific. So for the antigen, you know, you can have SARS-CoV-1 and SARS-CoV-2 can both be detected. Uh, you'd have to have a PCR test to confirm whether or not you had COVID. But at least it'll have you quarantine and seek further, further help from your provider until you right. find out the root cause. You can kind of use it as a guide and then make your next steps based on so that. Yeah, so PCR, you know, with the ability to look for the, the DNA and amplify it, they can usually detect the positive sooner. Sometimes you don't even have to be symptomatic for a PCR. You can pick it up, you know, two to three days sooner than you would on an antigen test. For people that have a possible exposure, like if they've been around somebody who's positive, 
um, a few days ago, they may seek a PCR to see if they are infected before they even have symptoms. Mm. Somewhere I read that a rapid test is not uh, great at even picking up the Omicron variant. Can you speak to that at all? Have you heard anything about that? I have not. Um, The Omicron variant, similar to all the other variants out there, their main structure is um, pretty much the same. Okay. Um, they, They differ genetically a little bit which is why for PCR, you have to, you know, they have to be careful which traits they're searching for to make sure it's not something that's going to change genetically with when new variants um, emerge. But the overall structure and the proteins are pretty comparable. Okay. Uh, it's consistent from strain to strain. So antigen tests should protect um, Omicron, Delta, whatever may come along in the future. Okay, good to know. Going back to your other point about exposure, if you've been exposed to somebody how long should you wait or when should you get tested? Is there like a certain period or window um, if you get exposed to somebody at work or in your daily life, should you get tested immediately or how long should you wait? Um, my recommendation is usually wait at least 48 hours, two days. Oh. Post-exposure. <clears throat> you may get, you may detect it sooner, but you may not have a high enough viral load um, in the body for even a PCR to pick it up 24 hours later. Okay. Also very good to know. If you're unsure, I would quarantine. Definitely. Because usually you're, you're, you know, two to three days prior to symptoms, you are contagious. So if you've been exposed and you're waiting to be tested, uh, it's better to quarantine to limit um, exposing others. Yeah, use some common sense, obviously, in, in all of this. Why is it that COVID testing is so annoying and invasive like why why can't we just like swab our mouths like why does it have to be the the swab up the nostril um it's usually virus related the newer strains coming out are a little bit more what they consider like upper respiratory especially the omicron virus so it attaches more to the upper respiratory so you could get it you know swab in the back of your throat like you would for a strep throat um but some of them when it first came out those strains are more deep so usually you had to do like an np swab which is further um, into the nasal cavity where they would reside. Um, but Delta, Omicron, those have been um, readily detected in nasal swabs, uh, oral swabs, as well as NP. But we've shifted, for the most part, we've shifted away from NP for most things. We will do nasal swab because it's easier to collect. It's more comfortable for patients. Um, nobody likes an NP swab because it's really a, a deep a collection. Yeah, I, I remember in the early days, uh, I had to have one of those and it was not fun. And I was just wondering, you know, why why hasn't it gotten easier? Why can't it be like a swab in the back of the throat yeah. or something like that? Yeah, it, it depends on the, the strain of the virus. These newer, like the Omicron specifically is, you know, migrating more as an upper respiratory virus as opposed to a deep um, virus like the Delta variant was, which resided more deeply in your respiratory tract. Okay. The other thing I want to ask about, you know, one of the reasons I think a lot of us are seeing kind of a backlog in testing is because of, you know, if you go through to a drive through for PCR testing, at least it takes one or two days for the results to come back, if not three. Why does it take that long for the results to be processed? Like, what is the process of getting those results? Uh, for PCR, it's usually the delay is mainly based on um, volume. Okay. Um, a lot of sites are being overwhelmed. Um, here at St. Peter's, we do we do all pre-op uh, screening. We do colleague screening um, through our collection center. You know, we try to meet a 24-hour turnaround time, but some days it's 48 hours. Um, but that's usually our max. You know, 
barely do go beyond 48 hours, but a lot of it is having the capacity on the instrumentation to handle that test volume. Not necessarily the process of getting the results, but just because so many people are trying to get their results. Right. And a lot of hospitals, you know, depending on, you know, New York State has their own developed tests, um, but there's a lot of manufacturers out there that have, you know, what we call like rapid PCR tests. Um, we have many platforms here. Um, a lot of it is having enough inventory to do a large volume of testing as well, because sure. they're, you know, they're serving the national um, organizations. So, you know, everybody's getting a little bit of something. So, you know, you move things around. We have Quest, you have LabCorp. Um, they have many instruments, but, you know, it's mainly volume coming in, trying to get it processed and get those results out. But most guarantee currently, usually within a 36 hour window. Okay. That time to the result. I want to I want to go back to rapid testing really quickly. I took one recently at home um, just to check some symptoms. I was reading a little pamphlet and it was talking about user error, which got me thinking. Not only is it not as accurate sometimes, but also you may not get the right results if you do like one step wrong. Do you have any idea right. what what? some user common user errors may be in people who are trying to rapid test at home and what you would advise them to do? Um, a, a big key, even for molecular um, testing, is um, correct uh, sample collection. You know, it's even difficult for the professionals, you know, when they're swabbing somebody uh, to do it. But for the take-home, I know they usually give you the swab and they usually tell you how many, you know, how often to swirl it in each, each nostril. You got to make sure you do both nostrils. And you want to make sure you do it for at least 15 seconds. It's not, you know, you want a good sample to make sure you're grabbing enough of the virus and the, the byproducts to get a, a good test. You know, okay. if you just take it in for it once and take it out, um, you could be positive, but you could get a false negative. I know it's uncomfortable. People don't like doing it on themselves, but you want to make sure you're getting a good sampling and from both nostrils. Okay. Anything else? Um, and make sure you follow whatever the directions are. I know they give you, some of them give you reagents in there. So if they say, you know, six drops, make sure the bottle's completely upside down and make sure you're dropping six drops. Okay. You know, you got to follow step-by-step. Step. Any variance from what they recommend could affect the outcome. Okay, my final question for you. What is your testing protocol? You as the expert, uh, as a person who, you know, tries to process these tests day in and day out, if you experience symptoms or you have some sort of inkling that, you know what, I want to check if I have COVID, what's your step-by-step -step testing protocol for your personal life? If you don't mind sharing. Uh, nope. I don't mind at all. Actually, recently I, well, I tested positive two weeks ago, so I'm just coming back from quarantine myself. Um, I'm glad you're feeling better. Yes, uh, my whole family ended up getting it, but, um, and I have staff here, you know, luckily, you know, being in the profession we have, we have a little bit more easy access to um, testing, you know, we go through employee health here, we have to be registered like a patient would be, swab ourselves, you know, try to do swab correctly, and then we run it on um, one of the available analyzers we have here, we have five at the moment. Okay. Um, that's our preferred, you know, we do that for all our colleagues, and being for St. Peter's Health Partners, we also offer that to uh, colleagues' children who are being dismissed from school because they have symptoms, yeah. we we allow um, access to quick testing so that their kids hopefully can go back to school so the colleague can come to work. Um, yeah. So we we have enough staffing to take care of our patients and do our yeah. testing. Makes sense. Um, yeah. So me personally, you know, if I have symptoms, 
you know, first thing is I contact my superior. I go through employee health. I get registered. I swab myself. I have, you know, the frontline staff here receives it in. They run it. They result it. I get the result through my chart. Um, if I'm positive, obviously, I stay out of work. If I'm negative, then I come back to work. Um, we're masked um, all the time here. So when you got tested, that was, you just did the PCR tests. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's Around, that's kind yeah. of what I wanted to know is is what kind yeah. what's your MO for, for that? Yeah, PCR is the gold standard. If people can get it, that would be you know the preferred method. Um, the only downside to PCR is once you test positive, you can test positive for 30 plus days after right. um, infection. So you cannot use PCR for test of cure. Mm -hmm. um, so if somebody does require you to test negative before you can go somewhere, um, an antigen test would be your best bet because once the virus starts replicating, the viral proteins start to decline and you'll, you know, you'll get a negative, which means you're no longer infectious. When you were thinking about getting tested, what were your symptoms that kind of motivated you to say, I, I think I need to go get tested? Um, for me, I had uh, congestion and I had a very severe dry cough. While I had no fever, and uh, we, we scan ourselves every day for um, fevers. We're not allowed to walk in the hospital uh, right. if we have a fever. Um, and typically people that are vaccinated and boosted, um, they don't usually have fevers. So usually the symptoms are very mild, you know, congestion, cough, things you generally don't always associate with just COVID, but sure. um, now we have to test everybody if you have anything, any cold related symptom, just to make sure. Got it. Tom, anything else about testing? I feel like we've covered a lot. Anything else that you want people to know when it comes to COVID testing? Not that I can think of. I just encourage people, you know, to be safe, you know, get vaccinated, get boosted if you can. You know, it, it certainly helped me, you know, being boosted. Um, I was boosted maybe a month or two before I actually came down with COVID and it reduced my symptoms. My wife had not gotten around to being boosted yet and she had developed the fever and she lost her uh, voice uh, for a couple of days. So it, it affects everybody differently. Um, vaccination definitely helps. Um, it reduces the severe illness. And if you think you have symptoms, you know, get tested, whether or not it's rapid, if you can get PCR better, mm -hmm. um, but rapid, you know, over a couple of days um, will suffice. I know schools are trying to roll that out so people can test yes. their kids um, daily if possible. Um, so they can test kids coming to school that develop symptoms. Um, it's important, you know, because we want to slow the spread. We want people to test if they think they have it and self-quarantine if they have to um, so that we can just get through this and get to the other side, hopefully. Absolutely. 100%. Tom Laporta, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And hopefully uh, people will use this information and then make their decisions based on some of what you've provided. So I really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much. Thank you to Tom. A few other notes here before we end this. If you are asymptomatic or have very mild symptoms, Doctors from St. Peter's are please asking that you don't go straight to the emergency room to get tested. That actually greatly increases the wait times for people who are in need of serious medical attention. Just remember, emergency rooms are for emergencies, not for COVID tests. There are other options. You can call your family doctor. You can go to a walk-in clinic, call your local pharmacy. 
I'll post some stories related to that in the notes and any other resources that I can find. So that'll do it for this week's episode. I hope this helps some of you and I hope you're staying healthy. Till next week, take care of yourself.